I'm the doctor. I'm a time time. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Asterius. I see a rising, rising. Time and relative dimension in space. It means life. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and prisoners of the Jadoon. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who on Utter Radio. This is the show to take unpopular episodes of Doctor Who and debate whether they're really all that bad. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about Revolution of the Daleks. Before we get on... Oh, my turn. Hello. Before... Oh, okay, yeah, you take that one. <laughs> As you'll probably notice, everyone, we're um, the the audio quality won't be quite as good because we're not mm. near each other at all. No, we're in completely different yeah. counties, different cities, everything, because because of lockdown. The third, we are unable to use the usual radio studio that we would use. So if you are listening on Otter Radio or Spotify, then you will know that yeah, the audio quality isn't as good radio qualities we usually have but if you are watching on youtube then there should be a video format so you can see that we aren't even in the same yeah location if, if we've decided to do that otherwise we might not be here and we're just completely... yeah we might be on video on youtube we might not who knows yeah this is our first episode since beginning of De- well the first episode we've recorded since the beginning of december we've had a couple out since then but how was your Christmas? Did you have uh, anything Doctor Who-y happen? Did you get anything Doctor Who-y? No, not in the... Well, actually, okay, yeah. Um, did I do anything Doctor Who-y? No. Did I get a present that was Doctor Who-y? Yes. My, um, my uncle got me, you know, Tom Baker's scarf. Yes. He got me that for Christmas. Ah, nice. Because he said, and I quote, I'm extremely hard to get presents for, and just threw that at me. So that, that was <laughs> nice yeah, and heartfelt. I... Yeah, I mean, I said when we did our Christmas specials episode that I probably would watch a Christmas special around Doctor Who. Did I? No, I didn't actually. In all honesty, I rewatched the X Men films. Yeah, so. I just um, started watching Futurama. So yeah, we so. very different things there. Hmm. But not Doctor Who in the slightest, really. So I sort of betrayed the team there. But I did get some Doctor Who stuff. Got a T-shirt. Got a calendar, which really annoys me because it starts January on the second Doctor, and it really gets under my skin. <laughs> so it means everything's out like a month two you've got doctor three oh it's all wrong did i get anything else no i think that was about it for the doctor who gifts actually for the doctor who gifts but you probably got like a million funko pops because as you can probably see if you can see this if you can can't see this and you're just hearing us aiden is a fanatic for funko pops Fun- well, funko fanatic is the correct oh, yeah. term that's actually what funko called yeah, the, 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 oh that hurts Fanatic. <laughs> no, so really, not a very eventful Doctor Who Christmas, really. Not really. No. <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. That's quite sad, actually. Oh, um, but you can't even say we watch Doctor Who on Christmas Day anymore. No, because there wasn't one. Yeah. It's not on Christmas Day anymore. And I didn't watch this on New Year's Day. Actually, I think <laughs> I was I think I was rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine. We both watched it last night. Actually, yeah. to be fair. I do quite like this way better because I was less stressed watching it. When I was watching series 12, I was, I was watching it live. 
every episode, I was quite tense because, like, what earth are they going to reveal by the end of this episode? What's going to happen? So every episode, I was just expecting them to go, the Doctor was originally a baboon or something random like that. So <laughs> I was quite tense throughout every episode. This time around, because it's already been aired, it aired two weeks ago, I knew that there were no catastrophic changes. So I could relax a bit more watching it. So I think if I do keep up with any Doctor Who going forward, maybe the Weeping Angel episode in the next series, um, I think I'll watch it after it's aired. I mean, I, I, I don't watch them when they've aired ever these days. No. So, yeah. <laughs> you and, probably haven't done that since about 2010 or something. Well, when it comes to this one, yeah, we both, um, I remember we texted each other. We were, we, okay, with most, Doctor, with most Doctor Who episodes, we're quite excited to watch them, aren't mm. we? Even yeah. though they're usually quite bad, we're excited to see what we can fix. With this one, up until like an hour before, I was dreading it. <laughs> I yeah. was, I was not excited because I, I just. Mm-mm. And then up until the hour, then about the hour before, because you watched it an hour, like an hour before me. Yeah, yeah. Aiden kind of texted me saying, "Um, oh no, 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 it's, it's got some uh, good points." And then I start watching it, and then Aiden text like starts texting me as I'm watching it. <laughs> Actually, it's not as good. <laughs> Yeah, as I was finishing off the episode, it's when you were just starting it. So before I was there going, actually, I'm quite surprised. I'm enjoying this. And by the end of it, it's going, no, George, no, it collapses <laughs> at the end. But you were still in the, actually, this is all right. Yeah. And then about an hour later, you were going, oh, Aiden, what was that ending? Come on. So let's just, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start from the beginning and go through? Or is there anything generally you just want to overall thoughts? Shall we just get them out first? Overall thoughts, okay. Not as bad as I was expecting, mm-hmm. but not good either, you know? Yes, that's exactly what I, I was expecting it to be, like, a 2 out of 10, but I, I'd give it higher than that. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to give it any higher than that. We'll reveal what we'd give it at the end of this podcast. Um, oh, but, <laughs> yeah, I was expecting a complete train wreck. Like, I was expecting a proper what, what. No, like the usual bad Chibnall dialogue and just wasted characters and companions not doing anything and just the Doctor just not doing anything. Right. And there were some moments that actually I thought, okay, you've fixed a problem. You've created another problem, but you've fixed your usual problem. That's what it felt like. All his usual problems were fine, but there were a bunch of other ones. I was like, Chibnall, no, you've fixed these ones, but this one's gone wrong as well. But generally, I did enjoy it. Yeah. It's quite nice, actually, because to do this from your perspective, because obviously I've seen all of the Chibnall era too much of my own frustration. But this episode was really marketed as, hey, guys, look, Jack is back. And it was to try and get people who hadn't watched since the David Tennant era back on board. That's you. You're that target audience. Hello. Although you have seen bits and bobs since then, but it's like your core viewing was that era. So really... It's quite nice to have I'm the fan that has stayed with and then you're the fan that they've said, hey, can you come back, please? So it's nice to see from my understandings, I know how these three companions have developed. And I say that in air quotations because there is very, there is very little development for these companions. But I've seen that go through. And then this is your first introduction to those companions. So I think that'll be as we go along, that'd be really interesting to see what you made of them compared to what I made of them. Do you know what I'm I mean? Fan, yeah. I'm, so if it looks like I'm quite mellow when you were talking about the companions, that's not because I wasn't listening. That's just because the companions annoy Aren't me. interesting. <laughs> no. 
Jack, so, we'll, we'll get into that. Let's yeah. just start. We'll from go. The start, I think we? we'll go from the top because my notes are obviously written in order as the episode progressed, and I'm sure yours are too. Yes, there Until are. The, I do. I do amalgamate some bits when they're kind of about the same subject, mm. but mostly it's in order. Yeah, and then until my my final page of notes is just like an hour late. And my final page of notes is an hour later when I'd let it sit. And then I thought, hold on. I've got a lot of, yeah, in my last page <laughs> of notes, it's just a lot of swearing. Yes. Just, so. This is a... <laughs> yeah. So, well, before we get actually into the plot of the episode, something I pointed out to George, and it really bothered me, is the opening subtitle of the episode when it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, or whatever the hell the subtitle was. What was the Clearly, point of that? Clearly, no, first off, what was the, <laughs> before you tell us, ruin that for everyone, what was the point of that? Because Doctor Who isn't Star Wars. I, it was just, just not. It was just a previously to show you what happened in the last Dalek episode. I didn't pick up on that because as soon as they started doing that, I was really confused because yeah, I was so, so was focused like, on, is this Star Wars? What the but, <laughs> they could they should have just done a usual previously on Doctor Who. Do you know yeah. how they used to do it? Instead, they mm-hmm. went for this awful, a long time ago, in the far far away and then it was like 2019 sheltered them obviously trying to be funny when i was like stop but that was <laughs> it already it was like written in the bog standard premiere pro font and i was just like that's that's the someone's standard just, for the editing software that yeah, just means <laughs> you just click i would like text please and do nothing else it was like the i don't know what they edit doctor who on but it looked like somebody just gone we need a subtitle at the start i've just gone premiere this is just a font but you're already not instilling me with confidence here. So that was the first thing that annoyed me. Most people wouldn't have noticed that. I wouldn't no. have either because I um, don't usually do much video editing. And if I do, I don't notice the fonts. But Aiden decided to tell me. So that was a nice Yeah, start. I picked up on it because that's the font I'll type. And go, oh, no, that's horrible. And then get it rid does, of it. It, it does <laughs> say something for how the episode does. There is an, an, an air of kind of cheapness for a mm. lot of it, really. And that does that, that, be, that cheapness hidden behind lens flare. Yes. <laughs> but so, if we go with shots wise, which leads on from that actually, like the directing, I would say it's well, it is well shot actually. You know. Yeah. You no, were saying something about this whole kind of era feeling well shot. Yeah, it does. This whole episode, this whole era looks really nice. That is something that is bonus for it you notice the format was different like there was a bit of black bars i like that black bars no matter on what if you put a little bit of black bars yeah it makes it look makes it look sexier doesn't it basically this was i think this this was the first ever episode to be shot in 4k hd as well so if you have 4k you can watch it in 4k i I couldn't watch it on my um 4k tv because my BBC haven't released an app for the PlayStation 5, so I can't I watch see. BBC iPlayer on the PlayStation 5. So well done there, BBC. Okay. <laughs> I'm annoyed because yeah. that's dumb. Yeah, so you missed out on the 4K experience, yeah. basically. But it is, it does look nice. You did set, you sent me a snap on Snapchat at one point, though, saying, what's with all the lens flare? And I completely agreed. I thought, I was watching it going, this guy thinks he's... J.J. Abrams. It was kind of lens flare mixed with a bit of kind of light bloom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But generally, it looked nice. I actually, yeah. One of my notes was, hold on, what have I got here? Really well shot, looked really nice. Especially the, the scene I noted was the one of the opening scenes when they were testing the riot Daleks, I'm going to call them, the black drone Daleks. Yeah. And they emerged from that smoke. I thought that looked really nice. That looked, I kind of liked that. But the problem with that one is it felt like, I... <laughs> 
they obviously it was a reconstruction event in universe but it still felt really kind of small <laughs> yeah again it felt like it was just done next to a um, motorway that's how it felt but yeah, true there the was, there was, I this... was the you know the truck yeah. The um the bit where he falls over and you have that kind of shot of the focus and you was the focus on the cup. I really kind of like that. It was a really yeah. interesting little shot. It's the kind of shot I would use actually. It's yeah. I liked it. But <laughs> that does sound like your kind of shot actually. Yeah. But no, it it did look good. And you were you were going to say something? Sorry. No, I was going to say they said they filmed this episode and then it was all wrapped and done and then they filmed another scene and inserted it in about six months later or something. Like they just came back to film it. And I was throughout the episode, I was going, what was that scene? And trying yeah. to work it out. And I wondered if it was that riot scene. Because I thought after the riots of 2020 and all the protests and stuff, I thought, I wonder if it was that. Because I thought maybe that felt a bit like, oh, guys, just come together. You, catering crew, can you just be a riot member or something? Yeah, that, it, it, I thought it, maybe it was that one. Yeah, it didn't. It felt like the extras were just crew kind of and that's exactly how it felt i know i know mm. yeah i know exactly what you mean and okay right those two characters the prime minister and the discount alec baldwin <laughs> jack robertson yeah he previously appeared in the episode arachnids in the uk just let that title sit for a moment arachnids in the uk haven't we already had spiders on the moon yeah this was spiders in sheffield <laughs> we don't get we don't get aliens in sheffield. oh how scary <laughs> no he was an episode previously and he was supposed to be like your donald trump kind of character it was like i'm having a presidential run and i do all these big businesses and that kind of thing and he was really crap he felt better in this episode to be fair he actually made me laugh a couple of times but he still he... was very much like on the nose this is supposed to be trump yeah and the... <sighs> as the episode progressed he got more he did feel he warmed, not warmed to me. I liked him more in later elements of the episode because mm. it just felt more caricature. Whereas at the start, it felt more based off of your life. And it was just kind of like, well, yes. you don't need to do this. You know, it's Doctor yeah. Who. Maybe just you're, you're the mental guy. Be the mental guy. You don't need to base it off real life. Yeah, that's the thing. And then I was quite fine with him. The thing that really annoyed me about his character, if we're just going to say this now rather than saying it later on, was towards the end when they did the news night segment. When they were like, going, when they were like, are you going to be running for president? I thought, stop! You just avoided the I Trump know, I know. metaphor. You went into more of quite a funny caricature of character, and you've gone back to the Trump metaphor. And I thought, ah, oh, you've sort of just reversed this whole character here, and that did annoy me. But some of his lines he had when he was like, "This is going to be a PR disaster," they did actually quite make me laugh because I thought that's quite a that, funny line. That did, yeah, it made me chuckle. But it was like there, one hand, I quite like the lines, it made me chuckle. On the other hand, it's there's an alien killing people, and you're not scared at all like come on i know yeah, like that's true let's talk the prison scene okay just the whole let's talk the whole prison segment because obviously it cuts away then comes back but let's just talk about that in general because that's loosely what comes up next i'm unsure how was this i was... supposed to know it was a jadoon prison yeah that's one thing but this is one of the things when i was watching i was like i do quite like some of these elements like when she goes hi angela hi bonnie, bonnie and clyde that was quite funny it was quite like it's quite nice seeing those monsters again except the pating in the cage that was just pointless i didn't even know which one was the pating i just the, saw it, I, I saw a little cgi when i was like that can no way yeah. i don't know you you're all cgi go away mm. there were elements that i liked it felt, and honestly it felt like she was there for less than a day because i know it did yeah. the two days but it still felt like she was there for less than a day and she said later on when she was talking to jack that she'd been there for decades 
and you could see that all the you know she'd written all the days that she'd been on the wall but it still didn't feel like that or that although no. she's got the markings on the wall it literally felt that she'd just gone i'm in prison i'm out of prison okay but there were there were i've seen there were tv shows that i've seen where ah, i get to do a house reference there are tv shows i've seen where they've done prison stuff at the end of house's second to last series season he um he gets put in prison because he long story he gets put in prison and then as the next season starts he's got this beard he's got longer hair he's a bit more gravelly and i felt like it had been years but mm. i didn't watch when i watched house i watched them all consecutively because i didn't watch them when they first came out so for me it was literally a minute between but it felt like it was like so long you know yeah and, and I mean, I just, obviously, I, obviously, you can't give Jodie Whittaker a beard because that'd just be bizarre. No, but, but it, it I know what you mean. Like... There wasn't a feeling that she'd been there for a long time. No. It really didn't. And then, even and... I thought, like the thing on the wall when she had the markings, how many days she'd been there. And get what you're trying to say with that, but to me, it didn't feel very doctorish for a start. And I, I feel, thought yeah. they should have been like escape plans, things that had gone wrong. So like, she maybe mm. she's got a plan up there, cross that out. That didn't work. Another the doctor plan would there, focus on getting uh, out. Yeah. She wouldn't focus on how many days she's been there. Mm, that's what I thought. The it doctor's a... never really been one to focus on the past. That's probably something, you know what I mean? Mm. Likes to and likes to forget it, likes to move forward. That's the whole point. Regenerates becomes a new person. So it didn't really feel very doctory. And you know how she was saying hello to the cameras? That maybe that did kind of make me feel like she'd been there a little bit. But one thing which a lot of prison things do is you see them know people. And if you know someone, you know they've been there. But the problem with the only other prisoners being aliens she's obviously seen before, you know she already knew them. There was no sense that she'd only just got to know them. Yeah, that's a really good point. If they were monsters we hadn't seen before and she was going, oh, hi, scuff, lock, look, look, blah, blah, and then they said something back, mm -hmm. maybe that feels like, oh, she knows the person. The fact it was all monsters we had seen before, it was just like, oh, there's a Sycorax, oh, there's a nude, and it was just a bit like... Yeah, that's a really I'm good so point. Sad about why about. would they? Okay, seeing the aliens there, I understood because obviously, a bit of fan service. But why were the Ood there? Since when have the Ood been mm. bad? Yeah. And um, the silence being there, I, I did quite like because I did like the oh, I forgot Uria because that that was a good line. I forgot Uria because obviously, she wouldn't yeah. remember him because the silence do that. The whole her being in prison just felt wrong, and she just like there was no attempt to escape until there was a very common theme of this episode which was people doing things for the doctor so she doesn't have to and that was oh look jack's here oh and he's got a magic thing to get us out i can tell you why the um the doctor feels like that it's because every companion needs to do something because there are so many of them as yeah. with most like with doctor who you can have the companion do something but then the doctor does most of it but with this, with there being a hundred companions, you don't have time to have that one person do one thing, then back to doctor. It's got to be person, 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 bit of doctor, person, person, person. And it's just like, oh, come on. I'm not, I'm watching Doctor Who. I'm not watching companion number seven jumps out a window. Yes. But it was, it was, I was watching it. And he did explain that he heard that the doctor was in prison. So he purposely I did something illegal. Bit. Yeah. Cause I was watching, I was thinking when Jack was there, and I thought, he's got this ball thing. And I thought, why didn't he just use that for himself? Why didn't he just use the square gun? Well, maybe he couldn't conceal that one. He'd already used, I he'd already that. concealed the like, uh, vortex manipulator. I like that. 
but no, but yeah, he's concealed guns before in his um, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I, so they did explain that the the, doc, the Jack that heard the doctor was in prison, so he did something illegal and then went to prison to find her. That was that was the way they got around. And I thought, okay, fair enough. But it did feel a bit like, oh, so the doctor has made no escape, no attempt to escape in all these years. Then Jack rocks up, which is like, sure, well, yeah, Jack. It wasn't hard for Jack, you know. Mm. So why wasn't it hard for the doctor? Because I remember their breakout. They just get to a. No, they teleport out. I remember. I just. I, why did he not have the vortex manipulator on him? Why didn't he just keys to that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And the CG for the ball was terrible when they were running through the things. Yeah. The last thing about the prison scene, really, is you've got the big reunion between the Doctor and Jack. Did it feel like two old friends? No. No, it didn't. From Jack. Like, it felt like Jack's me side. Jack. And being yeah. like, hey, Jack, and then just... One, a note I wrote was, one-sided reunion. Jack really shone, but Doctor didn't feel like an old friend. Because he just felt like he was... It felt like everything was there for the other person to do the right things. Like, I could imagine Capaldi in that situation. I could imagine Tennant. I could imagine... Spin, I could imagine any of those new Who Doctors in her place. But she was just like, Jack, oh, okay. And then ran up the corridor, and I thought, you haven't seen this guy in three incarnations. And you'll just be going, oh, Jack. And it was a bit like, come on. Can we have a bit more of a Captain Jack Harkness da, 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 and have a bit more of a, an oomph about it? But it was We've just... We've seen the Doctor meet old companions and that kind of thing before. Like, if you look at Sarah Jane Adventures, when, um, when just when David meets Sarah, whenever. And also when Matt Smith meets Sarah. Mm. We've it's seen a moment. It feels like a real moment, mm. doesn't it? But then with this one, it felt like I'm seeing Captain Jack be amazed by the Doctor being here and just being like, oh, you've changed and all that kind of stuff. And the Doctor not telling him how many incarnations it's been. So as far as Captain Jack knows, it's been maybe one, you know? He may know it's more. I don't know. It just... One thing with a lot of the, the acting in this, for me, feels a bit... There's not much emotion from anyone, really. It really feels phoned in. I completely agree. That was actually a note I've got. Um, the apart only part pers- Captain Jack. Apart from Captain Jack, and actually Yaz in some places felt Yaz all right. Yaz felt forced, though. Yeah, but it's still, there is a thin line there. It felt a bit more like she wanted to be there, whereas some past appearances, it felt a bit like, where's my paycheck? But yeah. And everybody else in this episode, I completely agree, did not want to be there. And especially now we can move on to before we'll do the Daleks soon, but the next scene the next scene along was we've got the companions catching up with them where they are now when they were in their oh, TARDIS yeah. disguised as a house. And I wrote a note which was Yaz is doing something Wait, it was a TARDIS describe wait, it was a TARDIS described disguised as a house. I just thought it was a TARDIS in a house. Yeah, no, it's TARDIS disguised as a house. So I I did put Yaz is doing something because she had all those notes and it looked like she was actually making an effort rather than just standing in the background going, there's an alien over there, which is pretty much what she did for two series. But then we come to Ryan's character, played by Tosin Cole, who has recently been cast in the starring role in an American TV series. That's why he's leaving Doctor Who. And throughout this episode, it looked like he was going, fly me to America. 
I do not want to be here. I, I, I didn't know whether that was his acting or what that was, but I got a feeling whenever he was talking or doing anything, I was like, either you can't act at all, or you just hate everyone here and you want to kill them all. Yeah. And I mean, either his, way, his, either his... way, that made his acting felt wooden and it felt dry and it was really, it was just like, dude, I, I can't enjoy watching you at all because I'm just, I feel like you don't want me to, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ryan's character anyway, I had this thought when I was watching, Ryan's character anyway is quite quiet and quite dry, really. And I was, I was watching it going, I do know people like that. So in a way, he is, like playing, that he is playing that very, <laughs> I thought in a way he's playing that very well because I do know people that just barely say anything. And when they do, just, uh, then why cast uh, him in Doctor Who? <laughs> but I thought, why write I that thought, in? Yeah, I thought, why would you have that in a, as a character in Doctor Who? Sure, have that as a character in Coronation Street, if you want. It's realistic. But in Doctor Who, you need somebody lively, and they're going to drive you through the, all these adventures. And Ryan just isn't anyway. He was probably my least... No, Yaz was my least favourite, then it was Ryan. But he was... In this episode, no. Ryan is my least favourite, because I haven't seen Yes, him. same. Generally, generally, Yaz was my least favourite, only because she had, like, the least development. Ryan actually had some development. Um... But he just, in this episode, he really felt like he didn't want to be there at all. And I get his, I know people could say, well, his character did decide to leave at the end. Fair enough. But that's, you know. At the end, I was like, oh, is this why you've been moody? I was like, I was like, is that the reason? Because if uh, that I is, thought that, would, but you, I, would yeah. you want to enjoy the last moment, you know? you I've seen films and stuff where you've had a character who's wanted to leave at the end. And they've been playing on this kind of idea of, I want to stay. But. It just felt like, dude, why are you conflicted about leaving? You obviously want to jump out the window. Especially because, I mean, this came, comes later on, but while we're on the companions, seem to be moving in sections here rather than like actually... We're going through, going through the episode, but we're also jumping it in, you know, Jack's moments, companions. What did, moments. What did nice you expect from us, Aiden? Yeah. I mean, there's no organisation whatsoever, is there? <laughs> so... There was a moment that really, really annoyed me with Ryan, actually. Like, it really was, I was, I, my note is, who the f*** do you think you are? That was my, that was my, that was my note. And it was when um, Jack came into the TARDIS for the first time with them all. And Yaz said something, and he goes, oh, she's good. But then Ryan says, we all are. And I was like, who do you think you are? Yeah. You do not have the right to say that, Ryan. What have you done for two series? You can't even ride a bike, man. And I thought, you do not have the right to say that. Uh, we all are. And I thought, shut up. Yeah. It really annoyed me. Right. Like, how many, let's just talk about a bit about the other companions for a second. Graham is usually the highlight, right? Problem, okay. okay. No, no, I've got to stop you there. The problem with Graham is I don't see Graham. I just see Bradley Walsh. That's why that, he's usually the highlight. Because he's Bradley it. Walsh. I, I, right. Okay. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Every time I see Tom Hanks, I see the character. No matter what. But he's so famous. Why is that? Because he can act really goddamn well. I see Bradley Walsh's character, Graham, and I'm seeing Bradley Walsh. There's no anything. I'm just seeing Bradley Walsh playing Bradley Walsh in a Bradley Walsh character. There's nothing there. At least with Jodie Whittaker playing the Doctor. I don't see Jodie Whittaker, to be fair. I'm seeing an attempt at playing the Doctor. An attempt, yeah, definitely. Because I was thinking, well, I don't see the Doctor, but I don't see Jodie Whittaker either. Yeah. I just see a children's entertainer, really. But, no, Graham is usually, when, I, when I've tried to watch these two series, usually he's like, oh, this episode is atrocious, but actually, Graham, you're quite funny, so I'll let you, I'll let you go. 
In this one, no. Bradley Walsh is really underused. He's obviously left as well, so maybe he was like, my contract's up, I just need to get to the end of the day. But it was just a bit like... Train, you even you can't like say this so one. That's so sad. You shouldn't feel like that about on Doctor Who, you know? Let's just, let's talk the Daleks then. So the black design, when we did our episode two months ago, we did Victory of the Daleks. If you've not listened to it, check it out on YouTube or Spotify, Exterminating Doctor Who. We discussed the recently, like it just been revealed, those black Dalek designs. So we were talking about them and say, what do we think of them? We were quite negative. Mm-hmm. I'd say they looked better in action. <sighs> rather, uh, than, rather than those images we talked about in that episode when they was just sort of stationary, I did think they looked better. They look better in... There are elements that look better in movement. But I hate the eye, like the head. I hate the head so much. Because the eye stalk looks really weird with the big line down. It, I, I hate the head. <laughs> The rest yeah. can kind of the, the reason I can forgive it is because when we saw that promotional material, I assumed that was just the new Dalek. The fact we know it's a man-made Dalek based yeah. on based on the Dalek design that was built in a shed in Sheffield. And they've just looked at that Dalek and gone, ah, we'll just repeat that. I can let it go because I think it, look, it looks a bit better now. I mean, I still don't love the dome the dome actually all the domes were off in the episode i don't know if you noticed about the gold daleks but all their domes were on wonky yeah i know did like, you one notice of them was that talking and one was kind of like back like kind of it was like, it uh, was, like and his even, neck was a bit kind of hello yeah I and am a obviously they've got like the grid bit and then obviously the dome goes on top and the dome should be like that but there were a few times i noticed it was like that mm. like all sideways and wonky and it was a bit like i was like have they just gone to what was the Doctor experience? Gone into a corridor and gone, there's a Dalek there, get that. And it's just gone a bit moldy and uh, soft in the years it's been there uh, or something. And it uh, was like it was like they just got that out of storage. And they, I noticed about a few of the Daleks, all the domes were wonky. So I don't know what was going on with the domes in this episode for the Daleks, because the new Dalek domes were crap, and these Dalek domes weren't on properly. Maybe, <laughs> they, got, maybe they got two tall people inside and they're all just sort of like... That, that, that's probably it, actually. No, thinking about it, it's probably just people who are too tall. Maybe. With the new Dalek design, or now the obsolete Dalek... The, the Dalek design. When they went red, looked better. They did look better. But that was very kind of... It's cliche, though, isn't it? It was These Daleks bad, are now bad! Yeah. You go red! It's like, oh, yeah, God. I thought that. But I did really like the... Those Daleks, when they were exterminating... I thought that was probably one of the best Dalek scenes we've had for quite a while. They kept because... missing, though. I mean, come on. When no, they were exterminating, the... they missed like seven, like, well, they when they two were... out of ten. It's like, your no, numbers when... are terrible. No, when they were chasing the companions, it was. But when they when the Daleks first teleported into the Dalek shells, and they just went, we're unleashing now, that was the highest Dalek body count I've seen probably since the Tenant era. Oh, that bit, yeah, yeah, no, that bit was That cool. bit they was really, missed. really good. Because it was just like, you're that, dead, you're dead. It was everybody woman in a queue dead it's like it doesn't matter who you are we're not oh. even going for security personnel it's just you're in the well, queue the security not personnel anymore were dumb because their reaction to the daleks was hold stop <laughs> it and then and one of the um, royal guards ran over and just fell over so that was but uh, it's, it's something we've said before on the victory of the daleks episode we said Mo- the moffat dalek episodes aren't great he sort of didn't really understand how to do a fleet of daleks yeah and that was a problem with the moffat era I will say, 
Chibnall's best episodes have been his Dalek episodes. It feels a yeah. bit more like he knows how to make them scary. And I'm not saying I was scared of them, but that's there the There was term. a moment where the Daleks did freak me out, and that yeah, was impressive. Yeah, there was. That's true. Tell it to the people. The the whole so the whole point of these Daleks is they're kind of they're grown clones from one, and then once we've got this kind of clone Dalek, he decides the bright idea. First off, right, my notes here say, why the f*** did you grow an alien? So he decides to grow the 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 this alien thing, and then he shows his boss, which is again dumb, and then his boss says burn it. So then he goes to take it to the incinerator. I think this is a good idea. Let's put the thing in the case in the incinerator. Easy, he opens it up and the Dalek jumps on him. First off, that was creepy. Second off, why the hell did he open the case? I thought this- exactly the same thing. I was like, okay, just chuck that in. I thought it's ending the episode a bit soon, but sure, just chuck that in. And then he took it out and I thought, okay, it's obviously a very valuable case then. And then it jumped on him and I thought, wow, that's what you get. For yeah. Just chucking the whole thing in, you idiot. But the 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 alien the um the Daleks the mutated Daleks do this a lot because later on in the episode what he does is he latches onto Leo his name was and gets Leo to build this big cloning facility the Dalek doesn't just use Leo but there's a long like you know they explain it later on but there's a big cloning in, facility where he's cloning in the Japanese of. part of Sheffield in the Japanese yes. part of Cardiff rather yeah it was like we're in Japan I was like no you're not you're in Cardiff yeah <laughs> and then we see kind of the Daleks. As Captain Jack and Yaz are there later on, they kind of infiltrate it. We see there and with Leo, the Dalek alien mutated one, do a lot of face hugger things. So jumping on people, a lot of alien, a lot of very alien, like alien, alien, Ridley Scott yeah. stuff. That quite creepy, but I didn't find it creepy in hindsight because it was Daleks doing Dalek stuff. I found it creepy because it reminded me of a good version of Aliens. Mm. You know? so, so. Yeah, but I do I do quite like the concept of the aliens out of their casing though. Yeah, but it for was something still for, for Chibnall's Dalek idea. I do quite like that. Just generally, really. <laughs> they were they were creepy to be fair, and the latching on. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a proper new design for the SAS Daleks, as we called them. Yeah, the Death why, Squad Daleks, they were whatever they were. To be special Daleks, and they weren't different at all mm, they were just our time war daleks which don't really make sense because the time war is not a thing anymore so can we get rid of the time war daleks please why they could have just made them silver yeah or just i, I would i would have liked to have seen a new dalek design or the old of, one with the like the white the, the the colorful ones you know just something bigger for like the good these are the death squad daleks i was like okay let's get some oh it's just those bronze ones again all we, did, all we did was we got rid of the toilet plunger and replaced it with... I didn't even notice that. A head scratcher or something. It was. How's that supposed to be worse? I don't know. I'm not sure what it really did. It did we didn't see it every in action, so I'm not sure what that it's arm was supposed to do. But grabbing things, like a cup of tea. The Daleks generally were my favourite thing about this episode. I thought the Daleks were quite good, actually. Well, the, the thing about the Daleks in this episode is the reason they were good is because they are Daleks and they were done as Daleks. But the Doctor was not done as the Doctor. No, do because un- so underneath, I could only enjoy the Daleks. Underneath my note saying Daleks actually felt scary and vicious is 
a quote where it was, I'm the Doctor and I stop the Daleks. And I wrote, still still doesn't feel umph enough. Like, I, that's a, it's actually really similar to a Lion Capaldi said. He says, I'm the Doctor and I'm the man who stops the monsters. He said something like that. But but that's got more meaning. And it felt, but it, and it felt like, I am the Doctor. I'm the one who stops the monsters. It really felt like a battle cry. When she said it, she basically just went, I'm the Doctor and I stop the monsters. It was like, cool, what are you going to do about that then? It was just a bit like, you didn't have that umph. There's no I'm going to send my companions on the spaceship and let them do the work. Good luck. Because everybody's doing stuff for me in this episode. Jack got me out of prison. Jack put the bombs on the spaceship for me. Jack did everything, actually. And there was even like down to the resolution of the episode was like, shall I think of a way to defeat these Daleks? Now I'll just get some other Daleks to do it for me. Anyway. But let's just talk about Jack for a second. Okay, the scene with him and Yaz. Yes. Because I've got this properly written down. So when Jack, so when Yaz is kind of talking about how she's didn't have the doctor for 10 months, which is nothing, but she's talking about how that's really hurt her. And Jack, it was a really nice shot as well with him against the lamp. He talks about how, when he lost the doctor, and that was a really great moment because he says, um, I, uh, I didn't know what happened to him. If he was alive or a little pause for dramatic effect. Or if I was ever going to see him again. It's a hard way to live. That little bit there, it was really well acted, well delivered. I felt the emotion. And the fact he referred to the doctor as a he slash him wasn't like, didn't, it felt, made me feel kind of nostalgic. But the reason it was so good is because it was very sweet. Mm. Because that's how he saw the doctor for most of his life. So it wasn't like he was referring to a different person. He was referring to the doctor he knew. Yeah. And that was really sweet, actually. And really, it may, it was re- probably my favorite moment of the episode. And the fact that my favorite moment of the episode was really just Captain Jack kind of shows you how the rest of the episode was a bit. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. That was my favorite scene by a mile. I think this is maybe probably the last actually good Jack scene in the episode, though. Because well, Jack from, just disappears. Because from here on out, it's sort of just like, yeah, we'll just shove him into the background. And one question I do have, as much as I love Jack as a character and Torchwood is great and everything, but I was watching it going, why have we brought Jack back? Besides from, you know, going, hey guys, can you come back and carry on watching the show, please? He only served ex machina purposes. Mm-hmm. And that is Chibnall's biggest problem. And the entire ending of the episode was a massive ex machina. And we can get onto that soon. But it was like, I've got a convenient device to get you out of prison. Way. Then it was like, I've got these convenient bombs that can destroy the Daleks. Way. I've got a teleport so we can go off teleporting places. And that was, li- oh, I've got a squareness gun so we can get into um, oh, this building. Quick thing about the square gun, when he actually used it, if you notice in the close up when, when she was looking through the hole, it was a pre built thing it was just yeah, like a I window saw. i saw it that. wasn't a cut out hole it was something which wasn't cut out at all because it was like a yeah. raised ridge it I was like what that. the hell it was just like a convenient way to get over plot holes i know what you mean that's the only point about jack that i did think was like oh you are the best thing about this episode but to be fair who else was going to save the doctor because she wasn't going to do anything that's true if it wasn't for jack she'd still be in there now yeah wallowing it's... in her self-pity Right, shall we just talk about the Doctor for a bit? Because we've just been kind of, we've mentioned bits. Well, this is your introduction to the 13th Doctor. So tell me, what do you make of the 13th Doctor from this episode? 
she doesn't feel much like the doctor, you know? Yeah. She feels like someone trying to do an impression of a doctor. And she kind of feels... I don't know if it's the writing. I think it probably is the writing more than anything. Maybe the acting, but the writing feels very much like she's... Like the, the, the mannerisms. The mannerisms make a person. So they've got to have a hint of the old person. So it, it loses me there. But the main thing is, she doesn't do anything. Mm. That's like I was saying, everybody does something for the Doctor in this episode. She never, there is never a moment. Besides, I suppose you could say the bit with the TARDIS at the end. But besides that, she is not a moment where it's like, this would have been different without the Doctor in it. And that was, that was the point that came to me about an hour after watching. I thought, hold on, if you take the Doctor out of this episode, how is it any different? Mm. With And there isn't really that much difference with the doctor in every other incarnation when the doctor's in the room you feel safe you feel saved you feel like no matter what there's a plan here something's yeah. gonna go right with this doctor i don't ever feel that i feel like i'm watching someone make I, with other doctors they make it up as they go along but you always feel like they did it on purpose you know it's a classic kind of thing with this doctor she is just she's not making it up as she goes along she's stumbling through she either feels like she's a doing a terrible impression of another doctor or is or has it doesn't ever feel like she's been given or she ever tries to be her own doctor who's come from another doctor it either feels like she's someone completely separate or she's trying to be the same person it's not a progression yeah you know? the only the only thing that is a bit more unique about this doctor that i quite like but they just stop develop they just get to a point where it's like oh i like that i like that i like that oh we've abandoned it and it's that this doctor is actually really devious and really secretive and obviously we've had the doctor like that before but this doctor is really there are she moments does, there are she moments doesn't feel but she doesn't do that though aiden I, I love that you're saying that and that's probably great but the thing is at the end i don't think i don't leaving, think it's intentional she goes to hug them and that doesn't like if she's secretive and kind of kind of that kind of thing. Why would she be like, "Oh, you're my best friend"? No, I mean, no, not in that sense. But it's like there are some there are some scenes in the last series when they'd be like, "Doctor, can you explain this?" And then she'd go, mm. and they go, "No, stop doing." And there was a moment in this one when she was like, "It'll be all right, Ryan," and walked away. And then Ryan went, "No, no, 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 no! You don't do that. You tell me now. What were you gonna say?" And there was a bit where Ryan sort of was like, "Stop doing that. Stop lying to us." Stop hiding things from us. Tell me now. What do you what do you mean? And like I, I that's the moment about the doctor that I think she's actually got these moments. It's actually you're not quite you're not a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the side of the doctor that I wish they'd it really frustrates me. Right. I'm gonna say this now, right, about the timeless child, because every episode from episode one to six that we've done on this podcast, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in every single one. So this is gonna be the final nail in the coffin of the timeless child in that the reference to it really annoyed me in this episode, but obviously it made sense that it was there. But I thought, why are we like back developing the Doctor? You've got this Doctor who you've said is quite secretive and all these things. Develop that from here. And I just... Everything about The Timeless Child, because this is my final opportunity to say I'm never going to mention it again, is that, like I said earlier in the episode, I rewatch The X-Men. Right, I'm going to go... I'm, this is a tangent here. Bear with me. I rewatched all the X-Men films before Christmas. And 
obviously they've got the original trilogy with you, Hugh Jackman's and all that kind of stuff. And then they've got the new trilogy, which is all the James McAvoy, James McAvoy stuff. And it was introduced like it was all one continuity. So you've got Days of Future Past that connects them to, connects the two of them. You've got the old guard and the new guard and you sort of phase in between them. But by you get to Apocalypse, all the continuity doesn't match. Con- Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, none of that continuity matches with the old trilogy because it was a complete soft reboot. I'm going to treat the Timeless Child as the Days of Future Past of Doctor Who because it's the only way to explain it. And that was like, okay, we've got all those people from the old guard, but this is the new guard we're ushering in now. So it's a bit like now on when i'm never going to mention the timeless child again because as far as i'm concerned the ta- the jody whittaker era is a soft reboot and it's it's, it's, of, it's completely different tonally everything it's, it's just this it's is like the a new, parallel universe kind of that kind of yeah thing. or just it's, like it's just it's a, different a reinterpretation thing. it's like yeah those x-men films it's like oh these are x-men films and these are also x-men films but they're not necessarily the same x-men films yeah this is now like, oh, this is Doctor Who. And what is before was Doctor Who. But they don't have to be the same Doctor Who. Yeah. And I can stop my Doctor Who at Capaldi's Regeneration. I don't have to. Do you know what I mean? So that's how I'm going to treat it. Which known as good Doctor Who, we call it. Yes. <laughs> but so that's how I'm going to treat it. And that's the final with, word with on the, the Time's Child. I agree with 100% what you were saying, Aiden. So yeah. So that is because we will do future 13th Doctor episodes on this podcast. But as far as I'm concerned, that is the final word. On the timeless child. So okay. every time we every time we're doing a doctor discussion, I don't have to go just ignore the timeless child. We just accept it that that is a, re- a soft reboot essentially. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending now. The whole ending from the solution of the story to Jack's exit via phone call to first that. Jack's exit via phone call. Come on, you bring Jack back and then you just get rid of him via phone call. Yeah, basically, basically just goes bye and then yeah. like come on. Yeah, and like yeah. that was saying about the end, these resolution of the episode, which was a massive ex machina. I was going, oh, we've conveniently got this TARDIS lying around. Let's just get all the Daleks to come in here and then blow it up. And then I thought that was just like, really? Seeing the TARDIS collapsing on itself was kind of an interesting shot, to be fair. But it was it was dumb. But just, you know, seeing it was kind of like, that's kind mm-hmm. of a, an interesting thing to see. I'm glad well, I'm glad they said it folded in on itself and went into the void rather than saying I'm going to blow it up. Because I thought, well, last time we blew up a TARDIS, the whole universe reset. That's how powerful a TARDIS explosion is. So I'm glad they did that rather than saying, I'm going to blow it up. Because I thought, actually, you've just ripped a, fra- ripped a hole in, in time by doing that. So that made sense. But just the fact that all the Daleks went in there felt like, what, every Dalek on Earth is just gone, let's go to the Doctor now. Really? really? You're not going to send some division over to Australia or something? You know what I mean? That bothered me. And just the way it was just like, oh, conveniently got a TARDIS. It was like, uh. I feel like a waste of a second TARDIS as well. Two TARDIS. TARDI. Do something with it, you know? Yeah. Graham and Ryan leaving felt undeserved and felt like they should have just left at the start of the episode. And it felt wooden and it felt dumb. And it felt like the Doctor was being a bit wet over the companions leaving when the Doctor's always been a symbol of strength in that kind of sense, you know? Mm. Like, I'll go back in time and get them back. And it's like, you've never done that before. Why are these ones so special? When these companions that's, were nothing yes, compared. That, when no, you've that's had a really companions you felt so much more emotion towards and you thought, actually, these two are worth it, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought about these companions just thinking they deserve more. And I thought, why did the, why did these companions have that right? And the doctor giving them the psychic paper 
It's like you've not given any single companion ever anything, not that I can think of, except a sonic screwdriver to River Song, who you married mm-hmm. and saved the universe for you. The That's the lipstick? only... Who made the sonic lipstick? He might have given that to... Well, he gave K9 to Sarah Jane as well, I guess. But that's, but, Sarah, but these, that's Sarah Jane. I know, I know. It's not like these... Well, if Okay, in any instance that we've forgotten or missed out where, he, where the Doctor has given something to a companion, it hasn't been these kind of companions. It's been a, a staple companion. Yeah, it's like ra- Batman giving Robin a Batmobile, not Batman giving... Um, let's think of one. Batmite, who is... Yes. You can tell by the name Batmite, even if you don't know the character, it is a terrible thing. The the it's, Batcave. It's dumb. Or, it's... or Batman saying, here, Harvey Bullock, have the Batcave. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? have him, of all people? The only... Uh, it's coming to me. I think there's quite a few in Classic too. That's why it's coming to me a bit slowly. I believe he gives Romana a canine as well. He obviously gives out canines to people. <laughs> well, that's canine? that's Romana. That's, it, uh, that's another Time Lord. So he can trust her with that. This... In New Who, I think there's no other... To be fair, a K9 like and a sonic screwdriver, they're powerful, but they're not like but the psychic paper, you know? Psychic that... paper in the hands of two people for a start, not just give them one, like between them, because it's quite a dangerous thing. If that gets into the wrong hands, you that, can do that anything could, with that. that you, could could go to, cool. you could go to a bank and say, This is I'm your I'm the uh, I'm the health inspector. You you need to give me all this cash or something. Something really, you know. You could go. Yeah. You you could go to the Senate in America and say I am the new president. You see, and you got all the forms. You know, mm. with that a psychic is, paper, you can do anything. It was a really dangerous thing to give them, and I think that's a really misjudged move. And, and a, why do they deserve it? I don't know. And like with a sonic screwdriver, that thing can open doors, and it doesn't work on wood. You know, it's got limitations. Yeah. So it, they didn't deserve that at all. And it, Not at I, all. They didn't deserve anything. I'm thinking about it. I was just thinking, oh, should we give them a sonic screwdriver instead? Or no, nothing like that. Deserve and they deserve it. Yeah, I cannot think of any reason why they deserve anything more. Maybe a new bike. That's all they deserve. That would have been... A, that Actually, that would have been quite sweet. It would, because the, the, first, a bike. the first scene we saw of Ryan and Graham was them learning to ride a bike on that exact hill that's what was the significance of that scene so when we went back to that for their final scene to also be learning to ride a bike on that same hill that was the significance of it but okay quite poetic whatever but if the doctor gave them a bike and was like you'll definitely be able to ride this one maybe it's like you know because he's he's got dyspraxia so that's why he can't ride a bike that's the idea maybe if it was like some sort of augmented tech so that it won't wobble over and he can just ride it Space, but space stabilizes. A little bit mag- magic, you know. It's always got a little bit of kind of. Yeah, it's it like, can do is, something you wouldn't think it could. This is a bike from the moon of Espraxios or something. No, you would definitely be able be to ride if, this. If she gave him the bike but didn't say anything special, just said, "Give this one a go," you know. Yeah. That feels very doctor. That's, that's that would have been a much nicer hmm. closing rather than giving them potentially the two most powerful and dangerous items on the planet <laughs> on right. the on the companion exit i did write graham's exit would be sad if it wasn't for this tardis team i was watching it and i do i like bradley walsh and i did think graham was okay throughout this series and i was watching this going 
when because it was clear he didn't want to leave in that scene but he yes. was leaving he was leaving to be with ryan and i thought that was a really nice touch like granddad is leaving to be with grandson and i thought this is actually quite a nice scene and i thought this probably would have got some emotion from me if it wasn't just for this tardis team because none of nobody's really reacting to it yeah nobody's with, nobody's when like Captain oh. jack's there there's this emotion element coming through from him when it's just those lot it, one thing I've written in my note is the strings. I see the strings. I don't see any emotion, you know? Mm. I see that they're acting on a set. I, I, I don't... There's no emotions. So when one character suddenly starts doing emotion, none of them, as you were saying, are giving any back. Yeah. Emotional elements in films, the only reason they're ever emotional, if it's with a group of people or with, like, two characters, is when that one person is doing something emotional and there's a reaction. Because if you see one person being emotional and someone else doesn't react, your it brain loses it. then feels like, oh, should I not be reacting? You know, there's you will never fully be able to just embrace it. Yeah. You know? Like in a film, That's... if a person gets killed, the other characters don't just go, oh, whoopsie daisies. If they start crying, you start crying because mm. you feel how they feel. Graham, like a, Graham looking like he doesn't want to leave is fine on its own. But then when you cut to the other companions, they're basically just there like, just staring bright blankly at him. I'm like, you oh, you've lost the emotion here. I know. And, okay. Do you want to talk about the final shot? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> the whole rev- resolution of the episode is terrible. And then you have this extra bit at the end where they see the ghost of, as you told me, because I didn't know who the hell it was. <laughs> Who was it again? Was it, it was the grandmother Ra- or the mother? Ryan's Ryan's grandma and grandma. Graham's ex-wife. She died in the first Jodie Whittaker episode. Why did they see her ghost? I don't know. Right. If they were hell-bent on having Grace in this scene, what they should have done was Ryan ride off in the distance, Graham turn around and see her maybe sat on a park bench. Because this was the opening scene of the Jodie Whittaker era was them the three of them on that hill le- teaching Ryan how to ride a bike. That was the first scene. Okay. So if they if they were held, that was the, the whole of this era. That was the very first scene. So if they were hell bent on having her in the scene, they should have just been Graham looking into the distance and seeing her. Mm-hmm. The fact they both saw her at the same time appear from a white light was just like. Am I watching some 80s power ballad music video? What is going on here? We don't have ghosts in Doctor Who. How have you both seen her at the same time? This is just so cheesy. It wasn't just cheesy. It was It was dumb. Not silly, dumb. Like, just thick. How thick are you? From thick, thickania. My God, it was just... Ugh. It didn't make sense. No. And they were both like, well, I just got the sun in my eyes. And I'm like, oh, go for yourself. So- <laughs> it really the episode I was positive and as it progressed I just it's... yeah that's what I'm saying this review has actually been quite negative but when I was watching it I quite enjoyed it so it's weird how those feelings have come out in actually more of a negative sense because generally these notes are quite positive until the last until the last yeah, two pages my last page is just me swearing vigorously at what the hell's going on yeah, it's just a really strange thing because when I was watching it, I did enjoy it. I quite liked Jack, besides the fact that Jack was just there to just fix plot holes. 
and I really enjoyed the Daleks. I there were things I really enjoyed about this episode, but then the things I didn't like. It's like the things I enjoyed got me so high, but the things I didn't enjoy piled higher, and they've just pulled it all down. That's what it feels like. I was saying at the beginning of this podcast that I expected it. I expected it to be a two out of ten, and it was higher. I'd give it maybe five and a half. It gets a three from me. A three from oh, that's yeah. even harsh. Well, I'd, I, give it, I, I'd give it a five. I don't give anything like tens, so my rating's already lower than most things. My favorite scene and your favorite scene, I think we can agree, was Jack's monologue with Yaz. Yep. I think that was the real highlight of the episode. What would you say is the worst scene? I think we'd probably agree on it, really. Um, it was. It's either the ending, or just any scene where the Doctor decides to say mate or fam. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd give it to blood. the. I'd give it to the ending. The cheesy yeah. shot of Grace just was not needed whatsoever. And it's just whenever the Doctor says, "Me as a person, I've always found mate to be a kind of a." It's when it, right. If ever everyone anyone says to me, "Dude" or "Man," I'm fine. That sounds kind of cool. So I say it myself. But if anyone ever says, "Mate," I just like I want to punch you. Yeah, I, I, don't, want... I don't like mate. It's sweet. If someone goes, "Oh, give me that mate," or something, here you go, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, like oh, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to like ah. So whenever the doctor says "fam, mate," I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab you in both yeah, your hearts. I agree. Absolutely. On that note, though. Well, that brings us to the end. <sighs> that was our review of that was our review slash ramble of Doctor Who's latest episode, Revolution of the Daleks. Some positive elements. We will give it that. But generally, like we said with the Fear Her episode, it's lots of little things that build up into a really big thing. I don't think there's anything majorly wrong with it, generally. But there's a lot of little things here and there that go, put them together, and you've got so many faults for me. And that's how I generally feel. Do you agree? I just didn't like it, and I've said why, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we are going to be doing another Jodie Whittaker episode next week. Uh! How do uh, some uh, help me? Someone so write sorry. in, please. We're going to be doing next week. Join us for the Witchfinders, which is from series eleven. The reason we're doing this one is because even though George hasn't seen it, we managed to get into quite a meaty discussion over the phone once. We were like talking about how the, how we could have improved this episode. So it's going to be quite a nice way to yes. jump into that one. And it's actually one of the few Jodie Whittaker episodes that I like. And just we the do, ending falls apart. Just a little, little teaser for everyone. We do think that it had quite a bit of potential. That's us, really. Yeah, no, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thank or you watching. for listening. If you can see us, you can see me waving. If not, <laughs> but thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you next week. We're back in business, baby. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. See ya. Yeah.